0: Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
1: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bitch. Music. You said my word.
2: Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. WPHD,
3: WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This dish is the missing. next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli.
2: Well, this is a very, very special day here on a Friday. A, I'm in studio. B, I'm on the air. And C, I have a co host. I'm excited about this for four whole hours today. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855 839 1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. It's not easy doing a show by yourself every day. Of course, I have my two trusty producers, sidekicks. But today, for four hours, I got a guy in studio with me. A man you know well. The man who saved Christopher Columbus. The man who got the statue out of the box. who is a boxer, a fighter, ran for U.S. Senate. He's an attorney. He's George McHenry. George, how are you, buddy?
0: I'm great, Rich, and it's so, so much fun to be here.
2: Now you're here because you were the highest bidder at the Marine Corps Law Enforcement Gala to co-host the show with me. So first of all, thank you for your generosity. That's outstanding. My pleasure. And thank God you won because otherwise I would have hurt my (laughs) to have to be in here with somebody else for four hours. I would have lost my. You know, the
0: co-bidder was uh, I don't know. She might have been a Democrat.
2: (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) Exactly. All right. First question for you: the pronunciation of your last name. Bochetto. Bochetto. But what is the Italian lineage here that we're talking about?
0: Well, that's a difficult question to answer because Bochetto is not my biological name. Oh. My biological name is Langone. Langone. And it wasn't until 60, well, when I was 60, about 10 years ago, that I first discovered that was my biological name. And I discovered who my real family or my biological Mm -hmm. family was. And I went to Italy and I visited with them and so on and so forth. Wow. So Bochetto, uh, was a name assigned to me after having been in various foster families and that type of thing. And I was adopted by the Bochetto family. Hmm. Uh, but didn't, didn't get a history. Didn't get the kind of the lineage and the, the understanding of that. Right name. So that's a that's a tough question. There's very, very few baquettos out there. Now how old were you when you were adopted? I was uh
2: six and a half years old. Wow. You know, I have two adopted children, uh Patrick and Claire, my first two. They came to us on day one. Right. And uh the Reagan is the bio baby surprise. But um I have great respect for people that adopt kids obviously and uh for
0: adoptees like yourself. well you know back in the day, my day uh, I was born in 1952, but back then you were put in orphanages mm-hmm. and, uh, there was a, you know, a kind of a shopping or, uh, uh, show process and you would be fostered out to a family. And if they liked you, maybe they'd make arrangements. And if they didn't, they dropped you back off at the orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> so I got dropped off. Return to center. I, yeah. I, I got, I got the return trip a lot. <laughs> Uh, so these days though, uh, most adoptions are right out of infancy mm-hmm. and it's such a better experience for the child and I think for the parents too. Yeah. But when you have it, when you have a, a, a child from day one, uh, it's so much more like that's your child. By the time I arrived at six and a half or seven years old to the family that ultimately adopted, you know, I was well-traveled. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) i was all over the place
2: (laughs) uh so you went to italy you met your birth family yeah your birth parents as we call them yep and uh what was that experience like
0: oh it was unreal i mean it was like nothing else and to show up one day at their place knock on the door and say i'm here i'm back (laughs) 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 that's an experience too it didn't quite happen uh as suddenly as that. There were some preparations that I did, but it was, you know, it's a life changing, life altering experience. And as a matter of fact, I just got back uh, Tuesday. Uh, I was in Italy again. I've been there now 15 or 16 times Hmm. and I stay with the family and we have fun and we things and we vacation together and so on and so forth and I just got back a couple of days ago
1: that's
2: great uh,
0: from being there so
2: yeah brother uh, biological brothers and sisters over there
0: I do I wow. have I have two brothers and a sister um, fortunately for them uh, they're much more handsome and beautiful <laughs> than I am <laughs> and uh, their diet's better you know I, I grew up on hot dogs and yeah whatever they grew up on beautiful beautiful foods and cheeses and Wines and you know,
2: yeah. The, 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 I've been in Italy twice. Once for our honeymoon. The second time, I took the Zioli Army there on a trip a couple years ago. I never felt better in my life. Eating, oh my god! I was drinking wine every day and eating pasta every day. I never felt better though.
0: Well, you know, the wine doesn't have the sodium in it, mm-hmm. so you drink wine and you you get the pleasure of it, but you don't get that headache, that yeah. day after headache. That's number one, and number two, they don't use garlic in Italy. Everything's pure and natural. No garlic whatsoever. And the red sauces and the pasta. Don't let Nancy Pelosi know that. She'll be right over there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's a you know, it's their diet is just unbelievably yeah. good.
2: So your passion to fight for Christopher Columbus Day. Yeah. Which for our people, I mean Zioli and uh Langone, you said, right? Is that yes. said correctly? Yep. Your biological name and of course Boquetto, your uh your 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 adopted name. For our people, Christopher Columbus Day, the history of it, most people have no idea how it came to be. They have no idea about the biggest mass lynching in American history and the efforts by the president of the United States at the time to to help Italians assimilate into the culture. You know this better than anybody. Tell us a story.
0: Well, uh, th- that's the heart of it. Uh, you know, Italians were immigrating to this country and... Uh, At the time, in the 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s, they were very much looked down upon. They were regarded as dark-skinned, you know, immigrants, quote, without papers. Mm -hmm. Everybody's heard that one. Sure, yeah. And it was a very, very difficult uh, circumstance for them. And they were the newest arriving uh, ethnicity group. And it was very, very tough. In New Orleans, there was a mass lynching of 13 Italians Hmm. having been suspected of some kind of crime. And the country, even the President of the United States, as you point out, was so outraged at what happened uh, that led to announcing and declaring uh, the first Monday in October as Columbus Day. It was a manner of trying to show the Italians and demonstrate to the Italians that the country appreciated them and appreciated Mm -hmm. who they were and what they were. And now we're going to have an official day for you. Now they picked Columbus and for 120 years, everybody was happy. But then, uh, a book got written by a certain, uh, pseudo historian who propagated a series of absolute falsehoods about Columbus's original voyages to the West Indies, what happened, what happened when he returned, what he found when he got there. Uh And those, uh, those misstatements, those false narratives about the history of Columbus, all of a sudden became popular. It became fashionable to believe that Christopher Columbus was genocidal and he was an enslaver, etc., cetera, etc, cetera. all of which is absolutely demonstrably false. But it took on currency, and people started attacking Columbus statues. And they did so in a very violent way, and they did so here in Philadelphia. And I had been kind of at the ready for the problem because Mayor Kenney removed the Rizzo statute in the middle of the night. And I had been contacted by the Rizzo family in advance. And I got in touch with the mayor and I was assured in writing that that statute would not be removed without proper processes. And I have a letter from the then managing director of the city assuring me of that. So when in one o'clock in the morning the Rizzo statue was yanked out of the ground by Mayor Kenny, uh, we were all outraged. And by the way, I still have that lawsuit pending. In any event, about a month later, I was at home. It was a Sunday afternoon, and I got a call from somebody inside City Hall. And the call was, "You should know, Kenny's at it again. He's just hired a rigger. They're going to they're going to yank that Columbus statue out later tonight." I immediately got on the phone, I got the emergency judge, I filed a petition all within about two hours of getting the call, and I got an injunction, an emergency injunction that Sunday night, and from there, you know, we went into two and a half years of litigation on the matter. But that's kind of how I got into the whole Columbus fight, is a mayor that wanted to be a tyrant rather than the mayor over a democracy. Mm-hmm. and he I well, think it's a good I,
2: word for him by the way a tyrant he's a, and he is a tyrant, he's a tyrant. And, and, and you know and, and, and isn't he a guy who you know pretended to be a South Philadelphia he's a man of the people he was going to you know he wasn't going to be a woke Democrat he was you know the Irish the Italians the mummers yep. I mean he it's like he got in there and he completely did a
0: 180 a, a complete 180 I used to have I used to drink beers with him in the palm and he was, a, he was a regular guy, good mm-hmm. guy. And uh, I, I threw fundraiser. Even though I'm a Republican, I supported him because I think he a lot was of people a did. good guy. Yeah. And we helped him get there. And boy, oh boy, did that backfire. I mean, it's just complete turnaround. And uh, it's shocking. And I took it on not just because it was an Italian issue, quote unquote. It's an issue of the form of our government. Are we electing mayors? of a democracy or are we anointing tyrants right 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 and and that's the difference yeah and today it's the columbus statute and tomorrow it's going to be your statute or your holiday Mm -hmm. whether you're irish jewish african-american what have you uh and uh you know there's a there's a trite saying about the rule of law you know you hear a lot about that today but it really does matter i mean there are laws on the books as to how a statute in Philadelphia is and is not to be removed. And they just completely rode roughshod over those laws and decided, ah, I can do it. See, I don't think people realize that. And if we didn't challenge that,
2: he'd have gotten away with it. Yeah, 100% he would have, yeah. I don't think people realize there were even laws. I'm sure there's probably laws in other cities, too, where they started doing this
0: nonsense, right? I have a case in Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. where I'm still fighting we saved the statute in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. You know, once I once I was successful in Philadelphia. Everybody was calling you. Everybody up. was my friend <laughs> at that point. Uh,
2: hey, you're the guy that saved Columbus in yeah, yeah, Philly, exactly, right? right? We right. got to get you so up now here. Now I'm in
0: six different. Well, cities you're gonna have to and... go to New
2: York now because they're, they're going after him in New York, right? I mean, Columbus Circle, oh. where you had. And by the way, I got to tell you, I love the Italian prime minister. Don't you just love oh, her? Oh
0: my goodness, yes,
2: I love her. I like I, if there's one, per, one person I can meet right now on the international stage, it'd probably be her. I love it. She goes to Columbus Circle and she honors Christopher Columbus there while the UN's in town. And she didn't even <laughs> tell anybody. She just went down there and did it. You it know, great.
0: Who, you know, who's a great guy, rich. And I've, I've since become really good friends with him is the Italian general Counsel in New York. Hmm. And, uh, he's a, you know, he's part of their diplomatic corps, and he's just a wonderful guy and so supportive. And, uh, as a matter of fact, this Thursday, I'm invited to the White House by Joe Biden. Wow. Along with about 50 other Italian dignitaries from around the country uh, to celebrate Columbus Day holiday. And we have totally turned the Biden administration around. I don't know if you recall, a couple of years ago, he issued a very kind of terse uh, condemnation of. Columbus Day and that type of thing, and we raised hell with them, and we've completely turned it around, and this Thursday, we're having a Columbus celebration in the White House. Wow. And yours truly is invited. That's remarkable. Unbelievable. You're going to have to call the show on Thursday or Friday and
2: give us an update on how it goes. Oh, I
0: absolutely will, because- you know who would who would have thunk that i would have been invited to the biden white house
2: well biden came over here with columbus right is it it's, uh,
0: <laughs> he was on the uh, the nina and the, the pinta and the, the santa, santa maria, maria. <laughs> you know the interesting thing about that by the way i've i've since been asked to review some books for comments on the on the dust jacket mm-hmm. you know about oh this is a wonderful read or a page turner or that type of thing right so there's a there's a new book coming out on the history of columbus's Four sailings. And the really fascinating thing was that on the very first sail, so many of the mates on the ship were terrified and scared of what they were going to encounter because this was like going into space. Right. They didn't know where they were going and they didn't know what they were going to find. Mm -hmm. And there were actually acts of sabotage on some of the ships uh, to prevent the sailing. Uh, the continued sailing of it. I mean, it. The history is remarkable when you really drill down and 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 get on it. And it's it's truly like at that time it was like a spaceship to Mars, and the
2: because they didn't know if they were going to fall off the Earth, right? They, I mean, they, they didn't know. They, what they had, they had were no going idea if Canada. it was going to hit the end and just you
0: know yeah. <laughs> drop off, right? And you know they didn't have the GPS and all the all the wonderful technology that we have today yeah i mean they had basically a compass and oars <laughs> <laughs> and you know it, it it was it was frightening and it, but it's exciting to, i mean to read this history was just unbelievable
2: and you see and that's the part of columbus that i don't think people talk enough about everybody you know we're, we're in a defensive posture about him I, I know you saw the the uh the documentary they did about him which was narrated by um uh the italian actor chas Palmateri. Were you part of that? I was not. They should have got you involved in that. That was a
0: couple of years ago. But, you know, there's a lot of very. That's before I won the case. Right. If it was after right. I won the case, I'd have been a part of
2: it. Yeah. And I want to get into Columbus in a box. But, but the positive attributes of Christopher Columbus, the man, nobody talks about that. Now, we're all in a defensive posture going, listen, we didn't pick Columbus Day to, uh, you know, celebrate smallpox and the killing of Native Americans, despite what the left lies about and, and, and i think the book you're talking about is the people's history of the united states is that, yes, it? Yeah, that's, that right. that's a this disgraceful book uh, much like the 1619 project you know these things distort our history they hate our country they hate the republic and they want to destroy it which is also and i've said this for a million times george bachetto is why they're never going to stop at columbus or confederate generals oh, it's, or, a, it's always it's the it's founders they be want another the one. founders they want to tear down jefferson and washington and ultimately re, re, you know completely recreate this country but tell us about Columbus the the man, the hero, the guy that he
0: was. Yeah, I mean, he's just an unbelievable man and what he had to go through to talk the Spanish royalty into funding his trip, Just remarkable. I mean, it's it's Abe Lincoln like. Hmm. The kind of politics that he had to play with the the royal family there and get the funding and uh organizing all the logistics for a trip like that and he did it all Mm -hmm. and uh he was you know clearly the 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 man on the the ship that was going to call the shots and pick the directions and determine how they proceeded to mars Uh, is just a remarkable story and he went back three more times uh and the the ships and the The trips and the the experiences and everything was unbelievable. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is when he got to the West Indies for the very first time, there were uh, local tribes. And there was one dominant tribe, and they had already enslaved some of the minority tribes on the island. And when Columbus arrived, he encountered slavery. He didn't. Mm invent it he didn't impose it he didn't bring it with him it was there it that's was there. what he found and discovered and it's documented uh but it doesn't fit the woke narrative correct and it therefore rich just doesn't get the distribution uh that it should there's more books coming out there's more authoritative things coming out uh, on it when is that, george bichetto's book come out oh god I don't have time to write a book. I was going to say,
2: it took you a, a year to get you in here with us. So, <laughs> you know, I understand that point. Uh, we're also going to talk about the police, the the charges against um, uh, Officer Mark Dial that were dropped. George is an attorney, so we got a, a, a very interesting angle to talk about. You look up Fox News right now, surge of violent crime cripples America's cities. We're going to talk about also how the the Philadelphia police... Last night, night before, confiscating all those ATVs, motorcycles, time, using for the God helicopter. Sakes. I mean, great, right? Yeah. Fantastic. What are they waiting for? Yeah, what, yeah Right, exactly. Well, because probably because they had to wait to get rid of, the, of Daniel Outlaw, I would imagine. Unbelievable. And now they got a guy in there, the acting commish, who's, from what I understand, he's a cop. He's right. actually a cop. And he's
0: acting like a cop. Yeah. I want to tell you something. Just before I left for Italy last week uh, was the night that... All the looting took place again on Walnut Street, mm-hmm. and I happened to have been bringing my wife out to dinner for her birthday, and we were coming back. And let me tell you something. It was chaos on Walnut Street, but the police presence there was outstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were all over it. Like, I've never seen them do it in years and years and years. I think this new interim commissioner, and I'm I'm not personally familiar with him, But so far, what I see is a hell of an improvement.
2: Yeah, I got a lot of good feedback from the cops that text me during the show and stuff and said, you know, good guy. And And as you say, he's a cop.
0: He's a cop. That's uh, it. He's a cop. Pure and simple. That's what it is. Outlaw was
2: a politician. And let's face it, she came from one of the wackiest cities in America. You know what I mean? Like, like, stop. So if if they asked uh, you your opinion, would you say bring in the commissioner, hire him internally, bring him up? I agree, right? Absolutely. In a city like this, first of all, there's no learning curve. Secondly... There's such a camaraderie among the cops here, and they're good cops, so why not promote from within? Of course. We've got
0: such talent here. Are you kidding? There's great cops out there. I know so many of them. You know, when I was running for United States Senate, I was endorsed uniformly around Pennsylvania by all the FOPs. Uh FOP Lodge Five backed you. FOP yep. Five was the first one to back me, and that really kind of. I remember brought the billboard
2: '95 with their logo and your face. I and mean, let me you tell know. you
0: something: they have some wonderful, wonderful people there, and the talent that's. Yeah, it.
2: but I was just over there last night. You, you know can't that lodge. Treat the them
0: and and then expect them to perform.
2: Exactly right, and 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 the morale is down. But I was just over at their lodge the other night. I mean, that's a great place. Oh, my goodness. Way. It's open to the public, too. Great yeah. bar, great food. You great can place rent to it. Watch you, can, game. you can get married
0: there. You can, yeah. you know,
2: I mean, have a married, funeral but, there. You know, but uh, My funeral might
0: be there. Might be there,
2: yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, listen, George Macchetto's with me. We are co-hosting the show together today, which is great. Uh, the phones. Matt DeSantis, another Italian. We've got three Italians here, so that means the FBI is listening in. 855-839-1210. <laughs> he will take the calls today. Got any questions for George about Columbus? Uh, We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. The cops. We're going to talk about some national politics. Bob Menendez, his wife, who killed the guy and somehow walked away that night. Unbelievable. And uh, what's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. going to announce next week in Philadelphia? 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Coming right back.
0: Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
3: The only show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the Free Odyssey app.
2: You know, Henry, I figured you'd come back with something Italian. Not the friggin' red hot chili peppers. Something Italian, a little a little Sinatra, a little Dean Martin.
1: I don't know they're Italian.
2: Oh, what? Honestly, uh, I just thought they sang Italian, Italian, Italian song. Every, every I mean, I knew day, who Sinatra was? It makes my head hurt. You didn't know Dean Martin was Italian?
0: Dean Martin? No. Yeah,
2: Mar- ba- oh. Dean Martini. They changed names back then because Hollywood was racist. Like <laughs> they still right. are I understand, today. but
0: I, I I don't. How am I? Supposed right, I'm going to know that? I'm
2: gonna give you. A, a, I'm going to give you an audible right now. i am going to give you a chance to call an audible. Not the, You know, a you know I hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers on a good day. B. McKetto's in the studio and we're talking Italian stuff. And there's nothing Italian about the red hot friggin' chili peppers. If they were the red hot long hots, maybe, what's, what's right? What's
0: Frusciante? Is that not Italian? Well, is what? Frusciante. That's, is that
2: that's your last name?
0: No, that's red hot chili peppers, <laughs> John Frusciante. Yeah.
2: Give, me a, give, give us a crooner. Come on, Henry, give us a crooner. Henry came in here during the break, and he tells George Paquetto and I, he says, I'm Italian too. Can I be in your little Italian club like we're Unico or something? <laughs> and he explains that machette is not really his r- real last name you change it for witness protection right
0: yeah right no machette is i guess it's a french derivative from italian it was
2: massetti massetti yes which, which qualifies you yes i'm so a quarter italian earn your italian status and lose the metagon stench on you right now <laughs> playing the red hot chili peppers <laughs> unbelievable monday's columbus day george you're, now you're you're in the parade on monday right Uh, I don't know that I'm in it. I'm at at it.
0: You're at it. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, Before we, I want to come back to Columbus, but I want to get into what happened with the uh, the rioting, the looting, and what happened with Officer Mark Dial, because he's about to be potentially charged. uh, Well, he has been charged again. A judge is going to rule on that. Before I do, though, Jerry Conner, my buddy, our buddy from McLeft, the Marine Corps Law Enforcement Foundation. Of course, the big gal is coming up October 28th. And uh, Jerry, you got me and George. What's going on?
4: i'll tell you what two two great guys there if you could just get uh the santas to step outside for the next few hours it'll probably be a uh, much better show
2: thanks jerry
4: but yeah but anyway i I don't want to take up too much time just a a quick call in to, to thank george for uh for his generous donation uh and to thank you rich for uh for allowing it to happen and and uh, looking forward to uh, entertaining the uh, rest of your show. But just want to let your listeners know and, and friends of George know what a great gentleman you are. And uh, the children of the fall and truly appreciate everything you do. Well, he, it was, it was,
2: George was incredibly generous when he stepped up to be the co-host of the show today. Incredibly generous. And that means a lot. And that money goes to uh, tell us about the programs that McLef, uh supports.
4: Uh, well, McLeff, we provide scholarships, uh, educational scholarships, to children of uh, men and women that were killed in the line of duty, Marines, and uh, federal law enforcement. But there's a handful of other programs that we're able to, um, to help uh, families with, uh, children that are born with uh, cranium uh, deficiencies and, and the helmets, uh, to help form their skulls that uh, aren't covered by by traditional health insurances and and stopgap, um, you know, for the widows and widowers soon after the death of their loved one, while while there's a lot of question marks and chaos going on in their in their life, we we present them with a little stopgap to to maybe take care of some bills. Um, but I'll tell you, it's. Um, it, it's an organization. Uh, it's it's one of the best charities out there that no one knows about. And, um, you know, raising money is one of the hardest things to do, but it's the most important thing to do. You know, you're constantly knocking on doors and you're asking people for funds and and, and there's so many charities and, but uh, Jerry, now you're taking up George's time people-
2: to co-host. You didn't win the co-host opportunity, so <laughs> uh,
4: come on. Yeah, <laughs> but can I, can I make a comment
2: on, uh,
0: with Jerry, uh, which is one of the really remarkable features of m Not 99%, 100% of every dollar donated to them goes to the cause. They don't have staff. They don't pay rent, expensive rent at, you know, fancy buildings. Mm-hmm. Everything goes to the cause. And when they throw fundraisers, everybody is a, a donor and a volunteer. Nobody gets paid anything. And the reason I am so impressed with MCLEF is not just because they are who they are and you know we owe them a debt of gratitude uh, in the most sincerest form, but they are tireless volunteers. And to have a charity where you know... Every penny is going to the cause. To me, that's where you want to be.
2: Well said. And Jerry, you, you do a great job. We appreciate all the volunteer work you do. So thank you, buddy.
4: Well, it's my pleasure. And you guys enjoy the rest of your time together. We'll enjoy listening. And again, thanks for everything. Jerry, appreciate but, all your help.
2: The website, again, if people want to come to the gala, help out, support it. What is it?
4: It's dot mclefffilla.org. That's the one.
2: The gal is the twenty eighth of October. It's down at uh, uh, Rivers, right?
4: That's correct. Six thirty on the
2: twenty eighth. Black tie, optional. Yes. Which yes. is good because uh, you know my tux a little tight these days.
4: <laughs> well, I, I I keep I keep a tuxedo rental right place on speed dial. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Jerry Connor. Thank you, brother. We appreciate it, buddy. Have a good day, and AI. Uh, uh, and we'll see you soon.
4: Thanks, gentlemen. Take care. All right, uh,
2: George, talk to me about Officer Mark Dial. You, you know, you 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 you're, you're an attorney, and uh, your background. What kind of a, what kind of law do you, you deal with? In addition
0: to saving Christopher Columbus, uh, we specialize in aggravation. Uh, <laughs> if it's if it's a pain and difficult, and the odds are stiff, that's mm-hmm. the kind of case we're in. But here's the thing with Mark Dial. You know, there was tremendous uh, protest and even outrage uh, at the dismissal of the charges by Judge Wendy Pugh. But, you know, that protest uh, and those, that outrage really doesn't take into consideration the law that Wendy Pugh is bound by. Mm-hmm. And there's a statute in Pennsylvania. It's in the Crimes Code. And it's called Use of Force by law enforcement, and it tells you exactly when they're allowed to use deadly force. And I brought the statute with me, Rich, because I thought we would talk about this. A law enforcement officer is justified in using deadly force when he or she believes that such force is necessary to prevent death or serious bodily injury to himself or such other person, or when that he has a good faith belief. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at the dial situation. And this, is, this is, didn't get the publicity that it should. That victim was holding a, a pistol knife. It's a, actually a knife, but it's got a pistol handle to it, just like a gun. Mm-hmm. And when Dial approached the car, his partner yelled out, he's got a gun. And it was brandished. What was brandished? Not the gun, the gun knife. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Judge Pugh ruled after listening to all the testimony at the preliminary hearing that this statute, he had a reasonable belief that his life was in danger and he was justified in using force. That's the basis of the ruling. It didn't? It's not like Judge Pugh just came out and, you know, whimsically, Said, oh, I I don't think we should prosecute police or that. It's based on a statute, Mm -hmm. and this statute is mandatory. So it'll be very interesting to see when it goes back to court. It's going to go to common pleas court now, higher level court Mm -hmm. this coming week. Whether they're going to reinstate any of the charges, the charge of murder one, murder in the first degree, is absolutely irresponsible. Unsupportable. There's just no way that could ever be a murder one scenario. But even the lesser charges, aggravated assault, voluntary Mm -hmm. manslaughter, etc., they are immunized by this statute.
2: Do me a favor, George, one more time. Read that statute for me.
0: The officer is justified in using deadly force when he or she believes that such force is necessary to prevent death or serious bodily injury to himself or other persons so if he has a good faith belief mm-hmm. that that perpetrator has a weapon mm-hmm. and is about to use it that's the justification that's you know it's the, like
2: always people kept bringing up the fact that the window was rolled up what the hell does that for doing uh, it's not if a bulletproof window yeah
0: and if it's All a right? gun yeah uh and don't forget and it was played the audio was played in the courtroom The other officer yelled at him. Mm -hmm. He has a gun. Mm -hmm. The perpetrator brandishes the pistol knife, which looks just like a gun. Yeah, and why the hell
2: would you do that if a cop's at the side of your car?
0: Exactly. In what what
2: world would you do? I mean, my dad was a cop. He said, put your hands on the steering wheel where the cops can see him. If it's at night, you put the interior cabin light on. And you keep your hands there until you're instructed to do something else. What the hell are you holding a knife for when a cop comes up to your car?
0: Rich, how are we going to get police officers? How are we going to get law enforcement to even want to do the job? Right. If we subject them to this kind of second guessing and that type of thing, he's in a dangerous situation, Mm -hmm. the perpetrator was there armed, was acting irrationally, and started brandishing it. Now, what else do you want a cop? To have to protect himself against. Actually getting shot? Yeah.
2: I mean. Yeah, you get shot first, then you protect yourself. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the mindset. That's not the way it works. I, I mean, have you ever in your life seen anything like Krasner? The guy is a freaking cancer on this city. I, it, it's still in my don't mind. Get me, don't get me started. I have to. That's it, the job. I got to fire you up. Oh, my God. I got to fire
0: you up. I, I mean, am so disgusted. I saw McNesby
2: the other night, John McNesby, you know, the, uh, the head of the FOP Watch 5. I walked over to him. And they had the uh, award ceremony for the families behind the Bad Children's Foundation. I go, I go, his grass are coming. He goes, don't even get me started. He starts, you know, cur- 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 cursing him. I said, I'm John, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't get your heart rate up. But he's the worst. I mean, the guy's a freaking worst. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, a nightmare.
0: Let me give you a, another recent example. Remember the Pawnell case? Mm-hmm. This statute that I just read to you, Rich, and read mm-hmm. on the air was not shown to the grand jury which indicted Parnell. And the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania said it was misconduct to not apprise the grand jury that this statute exists. This is the way police officers are trained. This is how they are prepared to go into these dangerous situations. Mm -hmm. And to withhold this statute from a grand jury of lay people well, let's, remember, let's not kid ourselves. The right. grand jury are lay people. Mm-hmm. And, and many times they have no prior experience. They certainly have no legal education. To withhold that kind of information and to charge a police officer as they did with uh, Officer uh, Parnell, is just shocking. And if you want to see a scathing review and rebuke of Larry Krasner, just read Justice Doherty's opinion. In the Pawnell case, it is so right on the money. I mean, he calls him out. You know, I handled the uh, Faulkner case, and we got a King's Bench petition where we filed against Larry Krasner because he's trying to get Mumia Abul Jamal out of jail. Right. The man is stone cold guilty. When I deposed some of the people in that case, they hadn't even read the transcript. The trial transcript of Mumia Abdul Jamal, they're ranting and raving and their arms are flying about how innocent he is and how framed he was and so on and so forth. They never read the transcript and they admit it under oath mm-hmm. in deposition. Again, Judge Doherty calls the situation out. Justice Doherty calls the situation out. And and we have uh, a perilous situation taking place in our city. and. What happened, for example, uh, two weeks ago when Judge Pugh entered her ruling and then there was all the rioting mm-hmm. and the looting and everything on Walnut Street, that's, that's evidence of chaos, lawlessness, of, of a system that is not there to protect the people. Larry Krasner does not protect the people. Larry Krasner is on a mission to seek revenge against the police force Because for years, as a defense attorney, and a lousy one at that, for years as a defense attorney, he just watched client after client after client get convicted. And he developed such a attitude, a a jaundiced view of law enforcement. He got into office, the first thing he did, we're going to start putting cops on trial now. For example... You know, in the Dial case, ordinarily when uh, you have an incident like that, the police officer goes back to headquarters and they issue a statement, what happened, that type of thing. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Because right now, Krasner scrutinizes every statement that a cop gives. And if there's anything that's contrary to what's on camera, he charges him with perjury. So, of course, they don't want to make statements. Right. It's just... And when
2: you get guys like Seth Williams rebuking Krasner for letting people out of jail that he put away under the guise that Seth Williams was a racist, putting black people away. Yeah. I mean, the the irony of this is beyond.
0: By by the way, Rich, the interesting thing is all those people, and I think it's up to 19 or 20 now, Mm -hmm. convicted murderers that have been let out of prison. I've scrutinized every one of them because, as you know, I was engaged originally to represent the House of Representatives to impeach Larry Krasner. I've scrutinized every one of those cases, and not one of those cases is based on guilt or innocence. They're always blowing out of proportion the so-called Brady violations. They didn't turn over this piece of evidence. They didn't disclose this background about a particular witness doesn't mean the, the man's right. or the woman's innocent. means that they think that procedurally the prosecutors didn't turn everything over that they should have. I mean,
2: when I, when Every I saw,
0: single one of them are the, is on that basis.
2: When I saw Seth Williams, that, that op-ed he wrote a couple of years, maybe a year ago, I forget, it was beautifully written. Like, who, who the hell are you to call be a racist for putting these people away? I'm a freaking black district attorney, former district attorney, and I have an obligation. Yeah, I got an oath of office. Yeah, and and you're accusing me of being a racist. Yeah, but this is. But I mean, he's you know, Krasner, and you know, looking outside of Philadelphia, we see this happening across the country with these George Soros prosecutors, and I mean, these people are they're going to destroy this country. And I and and you know, George, I think the 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 fact about Krasner being a defense attorney, and I think you nailed it, because he still is basically right. I mean, he, he's got a, a huge animus against the cops, but it's also the system, right? He hates the system. He hates capitalism. He hates the, you know, the fact that the police represent. He
0: hated being a lawyer. He was a terrible lawyer, couldn't make a living, filed mm-hmm. for bankruptcy. If you look at the office building that he had downtown, he had all kinds of unpaid taxes and liens on it and so on and so forth. He was really the black sheep of the bar. He was the mutt. The runt, <laughs> just the runt that couldn't do anything. Right. <laughs> and now he's the district attorney, and payback's a, a B.
2: Yeah, payback. Good for you for catching that. Look at that. Uh, Michael's in Philly.
1: Michael, hey, it's, it's, uh, it's me, Rich, with George Bacchetto. How you doing, Michael? Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking my call and a very interesting program. Uh, I myself, all four of my grandparents were born in Italy, roughly about the regions uh, from which you speak. Uh, And I just wanted to quell something, Rich, that you alluded to. I don't think you believe in such a street uh, mislegend, shall we say. And that is Columbus uh, going about his trip with the fear of falling off the earth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Columbus, gentlemen, as you know, he's one of the greatest explorers of all time. The people, the the, the crew. (laughs) I didn't say Columbus. (laughs) Maybe the, maybe the the crew. Well, that's the old joke. You know, he actually had four ships, the Nina Pena, Santa Maria, and the one that fell off the end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Columbus, Columbus... besides being a great explorer, was indeed a scientist, as George can tell you. And he actually did have a calculation of the curvature and the radius of the Earth. And that's what inspired his trip. He thinks, you you know, maybe I can get the other way around. It You know, it might be a little longer, but a little better. And on the, on the way, he found it, you know, or discovered, however you want to put it, the Western world, and really changed civilization from there on.
0: Well, you know, interestingly, when Columbus did his first sail, he thought he was headed to Asia. He mm-hmm. didn't know that there was Americas in between uh, Spain oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah. and, and Asia. But he actually yeah, thought well, was he was going to land yeah, in know, Asia. Looking,
1: yeah, he was looking for a different way to get to India. Exactly. Basically on account of spices. That's you exactly right. Spices was. at that time the, the, ruled the world. And uh, the Venetians, who were, as you know, their own dynasty, their own country, uh, traded in spices. And that was part of it.
0: You know your history. I'll tell you, you're you're uh, 100% on.
1: Right. And what you got to also mention is that you know, he never actually properly landed in what we would call the United States.
0: No, it was the West Indies. Uh,
1: correct, and even all four of his trips. But he had it totally outlined by his cartographer, who his name was Americo Vespucci. <laughs> Don't get and me started, Americo, on my man Vespucci. Come on. He's my guy. That's right. And he had the continental United States, at least the coastline, mapped out. And he named it after his mother, America, the feminine ending. And that's how, you know, this part of the hemisphere actually got their name. Now, another thing i like to point out to people... Well, listen, who, I'd love
2: for you to point it out, but i got to take a break, Michael, okay? Go so for it. You want no, me to no, hang on? No, or? I don't want you to hang on. It's not the Michael show. It's the George that's Bacchetto the, show today. No, I'm kidding. 30 seconds. I'm go ready. ahead. 30 seconds. Go ahead.
1: Okay. What do you got to remember? Columbus was a scientist, and he piloted the ship. Okay, he didn't determine crews and 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 economics of the trips. You know, Isabel and Ferdinand did that. So to vilify Columbus, what we're doing is totally wrong, like George pole uh, said. out. but the motivation behind that is the same thing. If I get a bad delivery from Amazon, am I going to take it out on the driver?
2: it's a good point you know listen michael you you really you know you ticked off all the flat earthers out there so well done
1: Okay, buongiorno, gentlemen. Buongiorno. buongiorno, Ciao,
2: ciao. All right, all right. Good stuff. Uh, listen, got to take a quick break. George McKenna with me. He's guest host in the show today. Uh, give a call, 855-839-1210. We'll talk about Columbus crime. More on this officer, Mark Dial. What could happen in court. The cancer on Philadelphia that is Larry Krasner. And what's RFK going to announce on Monday in Philadelphia when he comes to town? Don't
0: go away
3: for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app.
0: That must be the uh, Dean Martini we were talking about. Good good show. That's much better, Henry. Well done. Well, listen, this is George Paquetto, and we're back. And I'm in the studio with Rich Zioli, the consummate professional. But he's asking me or allowing me to do this one little intro. And you know it's it's funny it's a it's a whole different skill set when you're on a radio show hosting as opposed to just answering questions. But we've got some really good stuff coming up, including I'm going to tell you in advance exactly what's going to happen in court this week when they represent the Mark Dial uh, charges. You got to tell you for that uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what the judge is going to do. I love it. Going to do I it. I love it. And listen, if you want to call us, we're here. Me, George Paquetto, the other guy, Rich Zioli, the (laughs) pro. We're going to have a really great 4 o'clock hour.
3: Be right back. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons 3-7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app